previous message, the promise made sure, we were speaking there of Jesus before he went to his cross, before his resurrection. He had instructed Peter, James, and John to see him, that he would see them three days after his death. And they couldn't believe that the religious leaders of Jerusalem had killed him. He also said similarly to his, his twelve disciples that uh, he would rise from the dead third day after his death and burial. And the promise was made sure. But just today, we're going to focus on the promise of the Father, where Jesus spoke throughout the Gospels, the promise of the Father. contend, baptized in the name of the Father, the authority of the Father, who is above all, who is the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And others contend as well, baptism in Jesus is to share his cross, to share his sufferings. And others also contend the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some prefer, as the AV version, the baptism in the Holy Ghost. However far your faith that you reach, and speaking here to those that know Jesus, those that follow him. And at this point, I want to challenge you. I began preaching the gospel myself in 1967, in June. I had intellect, I had great zeal, but one thing I was lacking, the strength, the power to see what's accomplished. It was in January, for me personally, 1969, that I understood what it meant to receive what many contend was the baptism of the Spirit, of the Holy Ghost, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you might say, why is that important? Well, let me say, many get confused as believers, particularly as some denominations, which I want to stay away from, because I'm trying to present this word to those of a Christian faith, whether they're Protestant, which is the newest of the Christian faith, whether Roman Catholic, which is old, but by far not the oldest of the Christian faith, those of the Orthodox, which is rather old, and the oldest ones are those of the Coptic faith in Egypt and those of the very early church that existed through the sharing of the gospel to the Roman soldiers in the very first century, which exists to this day in 
parts of Africa, and France, and even in Scotland, and what we do today is in Wales, what we do today is Great Britain. There is a difference. One cannot present the gospel the way Jesus intended of the command. You cannot present this alone by academics. And I am a learned man. I have several degrees. But the degrees itself will not give you the ability to participate his word, to give proof that the grave is empty, that his grave is empty, that he's resurrected and seated at the right home, right hand of the Father. Jesus gave a great command. He did tell in the Gospels, to cherry in Jerusalem until you receive the promise of the Father. To cherry until you receive power from on high. He did say, as recorded in the book of Acts, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses, give evidence to me in Jerusalem. Judea and Samaria on the uttermost parts of the earth. Many Christian folks get confused. They have the infeeling to know Jesus, they're sincere, prepared to die for him, prepared to be beheaded for their faith, prepared to be martyred for their faith. But it's one thing to be filled with the Spirit. It's quite another thing extraordinarily to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. I'd like to remind you when the, the Lord Jesus came, before he began his ministry, he, this is important, he said before he began his ministry, he came to a river, a river, for John the Baptist was baptizing in water. And John the Baptist was very hesitant to baptize Jesus in the water. He said, I have need to be baptized of thee. He had already said, John the Baptist, to the crowd around, I baptize in water, John the Baptist said. But he that comes after me, he should baptize with in the Holy Ghost in the Holy Spirit and with fire. And as Jesus was baptized, a remarkable event took place. A dove came. The Holy Spirit represented as a dove came. And after his baptism with John, after the dove came, it was only then the progressive, the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. And the first day he was in the wilderness and he was tempted by the devil. But that's another matter indeed. Before you begin ministry for God, as you enter God's power, you have to be recognized you will find that there is evil on the earth. You have to understand you have an enemy. And there's no way you can overcome that enemy without the understanding of the authority of the name of the Father 
and of the name of the Son, and the authority of the Holy Spirit. And there's no way you can proceed forward without the endowment, without the power of the Holy Spirit upon you. Jesus did not begin his ministry until, not only the baptism of water, but until the Holy Spirit came upon him. And as John the Baptist said, he would come and baptize us, the believer, in the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, and with fire. He baptizes in power. There's no way we can proceed to present the gospel to the whole world. It's not by intellect alone. It's not by great compositions of music. Music will fail. Emotions will fail. Not by great tapestry of artistry, or by great videos, a great practices by web on the internet, or great theatrical precision presentations. We must reach our generation in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. We must have been endued with power from on high. The disciples, they were given the great commission. The eleven disciples remained because Judas committed suicide. The eleven disciples remained. And he gave them the commission, the great commission. But they could not begin to present the gospel. In fact, he found them going fishing. You follow the gospel accounts. They didn't stay in Terry in Jerusalem. They'd gone to fishing, gone to their old ways. You have to seek God. Yes, as they did. He commissioned more than 500 men. And we don't know how many women and children were there. To tarry in Jerusalem. To wait in Jerusalem. To receive the promise of the Father. To the endure the power from on high. But on the day of Pentecost, some church tradition call it Whit Sunday, the Pentecostal day of Pentecost, the Jewish Pentecostal day of Pentecost, how many were there? The scripture says 120. And the Holy Spirit came at an unexpected hour. He came early in the morning. It was 9 o'clock in the morning. It was not noon, not evening service. He came. Unexpected. Suddenly. As a mighty rushing wind. He came. <coughs> and as tongues of fire set upon each other. You cannot predict the coming of the Holy Ghost. You cannot contain the Holy Ghost. You cannot own the Holy Ghost. I remind our Pentecostal brethren, the church consisted of men and women walking in the power of God way before the Pentecostal days we now know in church tradition the last two centuries. Or the charismatic tradition that exists as well in the charismatic and the orthodox church. There's always been a people full of God's power and do with God's power. But each occasion, each person, individually, has to wait and seek God. Wait upon the Lord. And receive all that He has for us. And even if we receive His power 30, 40 years ago, I've been in the way of the power of God more than 40 years, soon be 50, as His message is made. It's not a once in a lifetime. You must keep coming and receive the endowment of this power. And as I said before, so many get confused. Yes, indeed. It's one thing to be filled with the Spirit. Be not drunk with wine with access as the Scripture, and rightly so. But be filled with the Spirit, absolutely. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns 
at spiritual songs. The infilling is important. We need to be filled over and over and over again. Those rivers flow through us, absolutely. But it's another thing. It cannot replace the power of God to be able to do His commission. Jesus said, These signs shall follow them that believe. These signs shall follow them that believe. They shall take up serpents, and they shall not be harmed. They shall lay hands upon the sick, they shall recover. They shall speak with new tongues, new languages. These signs shall follow them that believe. Signs and wonders follow them that follow the Lord. Are we producing proof that Jesus is resurrected? We cannot produce that proof without his empowerment, without his clothing, endowment, power. Let me challenge you to seek the Lord afresh. I've seen the Holy Spirit fall afresh among persons and never expected the events to follow, particularly the signs and the wonders and the falling back under his power, and the speaking with new tongues, and the laying on of hands and the sick recovery. I've seen this in many cultures. Even among new believers, there were formerly those that read the Quran, and followed Muhammad, and turned their ways, and decided to follow Yeshua, Hamashiach, decided to follow Jesus, S, decided to follow Jesus, J.C. Christie, and follow him with all their ways. And they began to speak with other tongues, and they were endued with power from on high. And wondrous things happened as they spoke, and as they laid hands on those that sought to hear the truth. Jesus is the truth. May I encourage you to wait upon the Lord and seek all he has for you. He will not leave you empty-handed. He is not giving a task that cannot be completed. He has told us to present the gospel to the whole earth, to every tribe and every tongue, regardless of the political scene or the economic woes. That is the command. There is no choice. But he's given us the ability to do it. And I said, it's not by great aesthetics or music, great education, but by God's power. That God's power come fresh, O Lord, upon our generation, in your holy name. Amen.